Hey friends, welcome back to Eat, Live, Love, Indulge with me, your host, Kathy Wakili, the place where food, family, and fun and friends come together to make the best recipe for life. Um, I'm sitting here at my kitchen table and I'm entering week three of self-isolation, my family's self-quarantine, social distancing. The nation has changed quite a bit in these past three weeks. And I hope that you're all staying home and staying healthy and staying safe. Um, I want to remind you this is a temporary time that we're going through a big crisis that we're all experiencing in one way or another, but we're all, as they say, alone together, nationwide and globally. I really, my prayers go out to families that have really been hit hard. And um, my prayers go out to all of you that are, are uh, dealing with this in one way or another. I wanted to share with you this, this episode that uh, I recorded three weeks ago right before the pandemic hit hard in the US. And it's a friend of mine, her name is Ceci Serrato, and she is in the travel industry. And uh, she spent her whole you know, career working in travel and hospitality, something that she really loves to do and something that I love so much. And um, as I wanted to offer some perspective of how we thought and our conversation was three weeks ago as to the, the, the situation that our, our, our nations in the world is in now, and also a, a way to look forward that to remember that this is a temporary crisis that we're experiencing and that we will survive. We will come back from this. Um, yes, we will approach things much more cautiously and much differently. And we're trying to figure out our new normal, but, um, the episode talks about, you know, brighter things and travel and vacationing and uh, seeing far away places. And so I wanted to uh, share that as a reminder and hopeful positivity into the future and that we will, you know, overcome this and brighter days are ahead, guys. So I hope that you are staying safe and healthy and sending you all lots of love. I hope you enjoy this episode. Here's our conversation. Hi, welcome back to Eat, Live, Love, Indulge with me, your host, Kathy Wakili. So I've mentioned before that I'm always willing to learn and grow, and I've decided to introduce periodic series of subjects, like things that introduce that are interesting to me uh, and are happening in my life and subjects that y'all want to hear about as well. And honestly, things that I want to talk about and learn more about as well. So today I'm introducing my first podcast installment of my new Travel Tuesday series. And my guest today is a successful travel, tourism, public relations guru with a background in journalism. She has a proven track record for success with over 15 years of public relations experience, 13 of which have been focused on the luxury travel and tourism sector. She has flawlessly carried out public relation campaigns, which have included crisis communications, external communications, media relations, marketing and cross promotion, journalism, event planning and social media influencer strategies. Her knowledge and expertise lie within the luxury lifestyle, travel, tourism, hospitality sector. She has also a wealth of expertise with crisis management within those segments. 
She has worked with and consulted for top brands such as government authorities, tourism authorities, luxury travel resorts, luxury travel concierges, and top consumer brands. From travel agencies, hotels, airlines, governments, spirit brands, as well as national sports networks. Ceci is as passionate about travel, new experiences, and people as I am. With her professional experiences and engaging personality, her experience is unmatched with media contacts in this industry, and she is the perfect guest to have on to talk about travel. So please welcome to my show, Ceci Serato. Hi, what? Ceci. Hi, I sound really good on paper. Huh? <laughs> you sound really good on pers- in person, too. So Thank welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and chatting about my, my, fa- my personal favorite topic, which is travel. Yeah. And you know what? Everyone is a little crazy these days with uh, the coronavirus. And I, I put out um, an Instagram question on my social media as well on Facebook. And people are really, a lot of people are very concerned um, I had one one person that wrote in and how can I talk about this at such a terrible time? But I think it's important that we talk about it because this is a temporary this is a temporary situation, a temporary crisis. We are going to try and do, you know, make people aware of every precaution that they should be taking. But also look on the bright side and look at, you know, remember that this is temporary and um, there's a lot of things, precautions and things that we should be doing and taking into our own hands. So. I don't know, Ceci, do you think that we should start with that or should we get into that after? First of all, I'd like to start, I think mostly, is tell me a little bit about yourself and why you love to travel so much. So, you know, I am a born and raised um, Miami girl. I've lived in Florida pretty much all my entire life. And about five years ago, um, I made the plunge to move to New York City. It was a dream that I had ever since I was... um, in high school, I always dreamt of living here. I don't, I found New York city so fascinating and I never had the courage to kind of do it. So mm-hmm. I finally, I finally had the perfect scenario. Whereas, um, the company that I was working with, which is still the same one, Palace Resorts, um, really saw the value in me being in New York and they mm-hmm. allowed me to make the move while keeping my job. Um, and so I work remotely and, you know, so I've been here for the past five years, but I, I personally love New York city. And I think the main reason I love New York is the reason why I love travel so much. Um, I just love the diversity, the cultures, Mm -hmm. it's a melting pot of cultures. Um, and I feel like as a kid, I, I, you know, growing up in a Hispanic family, my parents came from Cuba when they were very young. So I was raised, um, pretty much just in In Miami. (laughs) And in Miami, in Miami, for those of you that may not know, if you don't speak Spanish in Miami, you're you're out of luck it's yeah and you know being from miami i i one of the questions that someone asked what's your favorite place to go in the continental u.s and so florida is is my one of my all-time favorites i love florida i love miami i love being down there it's great but i'm happy that you made the switch to new york yeah definitely um, i mean i i grew up in miami and our vacations as a kid growing up you know were the extent of cruise ships because cruises are uh so easy to navigate out of miami and disney world right we were annual pass holders i've been to every park every year multiple times um my parents were very big on the west coast they loved the marco island naples area Mm -hmm. so 
go there with my grandparents all the time, but I wasn't really exposed to a lot of travel um, growing up. So I feel like once I started to get older and was able to kind of make my own decisions, um, I started to do that. And that started with going away to school, um, going away to college and being able to do a study abroad program. And that really, I think that that trip when I was in college, I studied abroad in Spain and that kind of just opened my mind to, yeah. wow, there's a whole world outside of Florida and right. Miami. And there's and, so much culture. Oh my God. So much history. That's really the, the thing that I happen to love as I got older about travel, especially travel abroad. You know, right. my, my, my grandparents are actually from Spain. My great grandparents mm-hmm. were born in Spain. So there's a lot of history there for me. And that trip was a huge eye opener for me. I just learned so much about myself on that trip. And I learned so much about the rest of the world that it just kind of piqued me, my interest in, in terms of continuing to learn about travel, just because you learn so much about the world around us and about ourselves when we right. travel. So, Absolutely. Um, I was studying journalism and I really wanted to be a reporter. And then um, I guess at some point I realized that maybe I was more in love with the idea of being a TV reporter than the actual work that really goes into, into being it. Sure. Was um, it more the locations that they were taking you to? <laughs> yes. I realized that, you know, at that time when I graduated, um, you know, technology wasn't as advanced as it really is now. And right. I remember them sending me out to like very small remote town outside of Gainesville, which is where I went to school mm-hmm. in Ocala. And I had to carry a tripod that was literally bigger than me. And I'm not, sure. a big, I'm like five feet. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> And when I realized I was like walking in the heat through the sand with these heels and a massive camera and a massive tripod. And I was just like, uh, you know, I don't love it enough right. because when you love something enough. You're going to do it no matter what. Absolutely. And, and so I went back home and I decided to get an internship um, at a local PR agency. They're a small boutique firm. And I was like, oh, OK, I, I, I think I'm good at this. Um, mm-hmm. And so I worked at different uh, PR firms in Miami until I finally landed at one um that really changed the whole trajectory of my career. And that was an agency that at the time had just won the Mexico tourism board account. And yeah, that was a massive account. It was a three year uh, agreement that we had. And it was basically one of the most troubling times to be promoting travel to Mexico because we really managed a lot of crisis problems and, you know, just like the image as a whole that Mexico had at the time, but it really allowed me to explore Mexico. It's how I really fell in love with Mexico. Um, I explored parts of Mexico that I probably would have never gone on my own. Yeah. I love Um, Mexico as well. I really, yeah, really got familiar with, you know, the country, the people, the culture, the food, Mm -hmm. um, and, and really just opened a lot of doors for me. Um, being at that agency, I worked on the Mexico tourism board account, worked on the destination of Cancun, worked with airlines like Aero Mexico, um, Expedia, multiple hotels. So really just got really, really, really intertwined with the travel industry at a whole, as a whole. And so in doing that, you know, I worked with Palace Resorts a lot as a partner and um, they were at an interesting point where they were um, going through uh not uh, not splitting up of the company, but they were basically going through a transition where they were going through a rebranding. Mm-hmm. Some of the hotels were going to be rebranded. Hard Rocks, um, right. which I'm familiar with. Them. Yes, Rock. actually, I'm very good friends with, um, I think he's the president of Hard Rock right now. Dale, you know Dale? Hippish? No. no. Well, I, I yeah. think the Hard Rock changed. Mexico, yeah. It's, it's well, they're, they're kind of not like franchises or privately owned. Oh, so. I see. Okay. Yeah. So they're franchised by Hard Rocks, but um, they're family owned. Oh, OK. So we were going through a rebranding where half of the resorts, you know, um, went 
converted into Hardbox, mm-hmm. and then um, they were looking for you know a new, a completely new marketing and PR team for the Palace side. Um, and so that's kind of where you know they yeah. tapped. And, and it ended up working just because I, I already knew the destination in which they operated. Most of their hotels are in the Cancun Riviera Maya region. And and here we are eight and, years later. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And so your travels, I'm sure, have taken you your job and, and your your interest in travel have taken you to so many different places around the world. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I've, I've basically covered majority of Mexico. Um, and I personally just love to travel. I mean, I do travel a lot for work, mm-hmm. uh, for conferences and meetings. So I'm constantly, you know, LA, Chicago, um, New York, Miami, Dallas, those are um, big cities for us, really important markets for us right. specifically because of the nonstop and connectivity yes. to the destinations. So we recently opened up a resort in Cabo. So I've been going to the West Coast a lot, you know. Yes, I love <laughs> that resort. I mean, that's how we met, actually. So I'll tell, tell a little bit briefly about that, um, how we met. We met uh, at, from my stay at uh, the Palace Resorts. We went to Cancun first, I believe it was. Yeah, Cancun first. Went to the Grand. At the yeah. Grand, yeah, yeah. Palace Resorts. So we'll talk a little bit about the Palace Resorts. It's um, uh, all-inclusive luxury beautiful beautiful um luxury resort where um it's just fantastic the food the the accommodations the activities the locations are you know just just spectacular and you get a very relaxed feeling as soon as you enter and then we went over to Cabo as our second um trip and that was just at LeBlanc and that was all adults yeah so beautiful and um I really love Cabo. I, I love being there. It's the landscape is very, very pretty. Yeah. I love it. the weather too. You can't beat the weather. Oh yeah. It's really, it's spectacular. Um, and, and you know what? A lot of people talk about how it, it, the first time we were going to Cancun, there happened to be something that was going on socially and everybody was, you know, freaking out. Are you, are you going there? It's, it's crazy. It's not safe. It was completely safe. You know, right. the media has a way of, and you being in public relations, you, you could relate to this as, as well. The media has a way of blowing things out of proportion, uh, like taking it and going with wildfire. You know, if you are a traveler, if you like to travel, you have to keep in mind certain safety things that you wouldn't do at home. Right. There's no reason for you to be doing them outside of like, don't go to strange neighborhoods. <laughs> if you don't go to a strange neighborhood when you're at home living in a normal, you know, in, in your normal life, don't do it when you're away, you right. know, and everything may seem a little bit more strange, but you ask people around you if that's right. a safe place to go. Should I go or shouldn't I go? And yeah. if if you get any apprehension, don't go. Yeah. And I feel like that that's part of the problem whenever we have these situations. Um, I think that, you know, the media is obviously great in keeping us informed, but they're not always the best at actually putting things into context. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like from a publicity standpoint, we dealt with, for example, um, if there's a shooting in yes. Cancun, right. Cancun, Cancun is a very big city, right? Very. <laughs> it's actually a very big city. People don't understand that. They just think Cancun is that tiny that little, little strip. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's not like that. It's like imagining that Miami is literally just South beach. Right. And it's not, it's actually a very big city with millions of people. Um, and Cancun is the same way. And when the media was reporting shootings in Cancun, and the Associated Press, I hate to name them, but they did. And they showed a picture of a bunch of tourists on a beach. And then the headline was massacre in Mexico. Right. right. But into context was really like 
that actually happened really far away. But when people think of Mexico, that's what they think. Exactly. And so, you know, how many how many shootings do you think took place last night in New York? Oh, we haven't heard countless. about it. No, right. Because there's right. too much going on after exactly. the, the, the tourism and the, the, the ban on Europe. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, putting things into context. I mean, yes, there was a shooting. Cool. There's shootings everywhere all the time. That doesn't mean that if there's a shooting in Detroit that you're not going to come visit New York City, right? Distances, things like that. Mexico City is so far from Cancun. And the media at that time was reporting things that were taking place in Mexico City. And then people were like, I'm not going to Cancun. Guys, like, do you know how far Mexico City is? They don't even, they don't even, they have separate airports. They are totally (laughs) separate from one another. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, it's just about when you're, when you're traveling, being informed and, and kind of staying up to date with like the latest that officials are putting out there. Always rely on, right. Exact. For example, right now with the whole virus situation, the CDC is constantly updating their Mm -hmm. um, information website. And on top of that, as it relates to travel. So they have a beautiful map that's very descriptive and the map has different shades of colors and it literally is shaded certain colors where they're telling you, you probably shouldn't go there right now. Right. Iran, China, and unfortunately Italy is on that list right now. Um, But then the rest of the world has shades of beige where they clearly say, you can travel here if you are healthy and you are, you know, obviously don't have a compromised immune system or right. suck or, or you are, you know, 87 years old and probably not in the best shape. So kind of taking common sense into, you know, into practice when you're making these decisions. And at the end of the day, it's a very personal decision. If Absolutely. you don't feel tomorrow getting on a plane because of germs, then that is your personal decision. But make decisions based on information that's valid. Exactly. That's, that's my, would I stop traveling right now? I wouldn't. In fact, I took advantage of the fact that flights are very cheap right now. And we booked our honeymoon for September to Africa. We got a nonstop flight at a JFK into Kenya forever under $700, which that's is fantastic. Unheard Good of. for you. Yeah, that's great. I can't wait to hear all about that trip. That sounds wonderful. Very excited about that. So, yeah. yeah just- Taking precautions, making common sense decisions and doing what's best for you and your family, but obviously not letting fear because at the end of the day, it's like you said, the the world continues to turn, life goes on. And yes, we have to take precautions, but we also have to use common sense. Yeah. So this is something that we've done always been common practice, you know, get on the plane, be smart about your, your, your environment, you know, be proactive, wash your hands. I mean, I can't believe that in this day and age, we st- and as adults, we just have to keep reminding people to wash their hands and wash them right, right and use right. soap. And if a, if a place doesn't have soap, please ask for it. You know, like right. it's, it's common sense. You don't go into a restaurant and you go into the bathroom and there's no soap in there. That tells you a little something about the restaurant and right. the employees that are working there. You need to wash your hands with soap. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm seeing signs like that pop out more right now. I'm actually working out of the wing here in New York City. And I, I just went to the bathroom and they have signs with instructions on how to wash your hands. And yeah. I felt like I was back in kindergarten again. <laughs> Sing happy birthday from beginning to end. And that's when you know you're done washing your hands. I mean, and, it's like, crazy. I, right. It, they have little notes everywhere, like cover your mouth, you know, right. cover your nose when you sneeze. And it's like, guys, this is like common sense. You're actually supposed to be doing this whether there's a pandemic or not. Exactly. And that would cut down on quite a bit of just the common cold would be great. You know, Um, also getting on a plane, making sure everything is clean around you. If you take those little extra precautions, 
you know, things like that. I always carry wipes in my bag everywhere I go for, for, oh, for, I don't even know how many, for how many years since I've, since they became available in, since I had kids, I guess too, Yeah, because you need them. I try not to go to the bathroom on planes just because in general, they're pretty nice, nice germ filled. So like, I try not to. And they're small. Exactly. (laughs) I try to use the bathroom before I board the flight, you know, and I think that right now, if you still want to travel, but are worried about germs, like bring your own snacks, like pack your package snacks you know, maybe decline the coffee when it comes down and buy your coffee before board. I mean, there's different things that you can do to tweak and protect yourself from these germs while still continuing to travel, you know? Exactly. I, one of the questions were from, I'm trying to find where it was, is this going to stop me from traveling? No, absolutely not. It's not going to stop me from traveling. Um, will, I had no plans to go to Italy in the near future. I had just went in October my family there is all doing okay. Thank God. So for someone that asked that as well, um, yes, yeah, they're all doing okay. They're, they're, they're doing well. I'm sorry. What's their feedback? I'm interested. Like, what are you hearing from your family in terms of how it's being managed and what the feeling is overall there? Well, they're taking a very proactive, you know, well, proactive now, but they're, they're just shutting it down because they don't want it to spread further. You know, they're shutting everything down. They are economically very afraid of their economic state, you know, there because everything is shutting down. And my, my family, one of my family members actually is in that sector in the finance and um, economic sector. And so she is a little concerned of this, you know, the country's economic um, future, right. you know, in, in state right now, but they are all in lock, lockdown. They are more in the South, so they're not in, in immediate danger, but mm-hmm. um, they're happy that everyone is taking the precaution to, you know, they're all safe and they're all in, in good health. And I do have some elderly, you know, family members there, aunts and uncles. And so they are just staying indoors and trying to keep healthy and trying to just stay away from other people and, and observing the restrictions that have been put in place for them and for their well-being. You know, right. yeah. Are, are people worried about um, the availability with testing over there? Um, we didn't speak on that really, uh, but they're just paying attention to their symptoms, you know, right. their, their own with the way they're feeling and trying to just get all the rest, keeping their immune system up boosted. And, you know, um, my family happens to live off of the land a lot of, you know, a lot of that. So they eat things that they've produced, they've grown, they, you know, they've cultivated in their own yard. So they're lucky in that respect. So they don't really rely on outside uh, too much, but you know, it's still a fear just being around other people, but they're staying they're They're, they're observing the restrictions that have been put in place, you know, right. but they're yeah. not stopping living, you know? Right. So, yeah. but, uh, and I they, think everybody knows that even, even, you know, it, it is going to hurt their economy. Of yes. course, you know, it, it breaks my heart. I love Italy so much yeah. and, um, they, you know, travel is such an important part of their economy. And Absolutely. so, but I think that everybody agrees that safety first and, mm-hmm. you know, They'll, they'll bounce back. You yes. Know? Yeah. The whole country, people are never going to stop going there. Eventually they'll recover and people will start coming back. I mean, absolutely. Like my husband always says, I always tell my husband, they're not building another Italy, you know, <laughs> tourism will always be, you know, in demand there. But right now they're just putting a temporary hold on it until they get, you know, a handle on things. Right. Um, and it's heartbreaking to see that because now springtime is a, is a beautiful time to visit. And there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, 
trade that goes on with Italy too. And so that's being at a halt. My, my son is in the fashion business. He's a, he's a, a sale in sales for fashion. And so, right. You know, their market just finished. And so now they're waiting to go back, you know, mm-hmm. and so right now they're, everything's on hold. You know, the yeah. women's team had, had to cancel their trip, but right now um, things are on hold and hopefully it'll be back up and running yeah. in hopefully within the next 30 days or so, you know? Yeah. yeah. I hope so. so um, one of my uh, social media followers asked, and this is from JJSY, Where's your favorite place to go and how often have you been? So that brings me to Italy. That is my favorite place to go. I've been um, I, I, at least a dozen times. I've, and it's one of my favorite places that I've been to with my children. Uh, the first time we went was about, um, I would say my kids were in high school and we had a four week trip, three to right. four week trip. And we, we went all over and, you know, started in Rome and, and made our way. We made a big circle and we had a great time. Um how about you, Ceci? What's what, one of your favorite places to go to? I have so many favorite places. <laughs> I mean, I just love to travel, but I love, I think one of my favorite trips was probably Thailand. Um, I went to Thailand with my, my who was my boyfriend at the time. It was the first trip that we took together. Um, and we did 10 days. We went to Bangkok. We went to Phuket, did the PP Islands, um, Krabi. And that was just such a beautiful, it, Thailand is a beautiful country. The food is so good. It's so affordable. It's insane. And the beaches um, are amazing, huh? Beaches are just like out of a movie, literally yeah. out of a movie. When you see these structures, like in the middle of the ocean with this clear blue water, it's just insane. And the people are so nice. Yeah. And, um, and peaceful, I, right? Like very, very calm and peaceful. Yeah. Um, very peaceful. There's a Buddha on every other corner. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything is namaste. Kumbaya. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, beautiful. very, I loved it. And I definitely want to go back and explore more of Northern Thailand. Cause I didn't get a chance to do Northern Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, but Spain is one of my favorite countries to visit. Like I said, I, I actually studied abroad there when I was in college. That was the first time I actually had visited. Um, I went to Valencia. Okay. Uh, beautiful. Valencia there and I lived there and I traveled all over Europe during that summer obviously while living there was so great that I do love that about Europe that you can go to so many different countries so seamlessly um you know the train system there is amazing it really is affordable too the flights are so cheap within within the country yeah yeah so Spain is is a very is a it's dear to my heart because my great-grandparents are from there my grandfather born there, um, went to Granada. Yeah, I have family in Barcelona, but my great grandparents were actually born in Ibiza. Oh, um, wow. So you're an island place. girl. Yeah, yeah. There you go. The beach is so never my, far away. <laughs> yeah, my great grandmother was born in Ibiza, but then immediately they moved to Menorca when uh-huh. she was a baby because there was more work there on that island. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a big network of cousins that still live in Menorca. And so it was really beautiful. We got to go and I got to meet my my grandmother's cousins that I had never met. Um, some of them, which are way older and, and right. you know, not around for much longer so it was really special to hear stories they pulled out pictures of my grandmother when she was a baby riding a horse oh my god such a beautiful experience so when you went to menorca did you take a ferry from uh las palmas or did you take it from you flew flew. okay you did on on vueling which is one of like their budget friendly Uh inside country it's great 
you spend more time going through security and boarding the flight than actually in the air. It's like a 30, 25 minute flight. Oh, so yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We went last year. We went to um, Spain. Well, we went to Portugal and then we drove over to Sevilla. And then mm-hmm. from Sevilla, we went to uh, Mallorca. Okay. Uh, we were going to go to Menorca, Menorca but we there was too much too much jumping around. And so I really wanted to see Mallorca first and experience those Balearic islands that way, instead of jumping around and, you know, um, and we got a chance to, I I loved uh, Mallorca and Las Palmas is beautiful. Like the whole island. I think that I could live there really because it's got everything. Yeah. Unfortunately, when I went, I went in November, so it was not the, you know, weather tropical. Yeah. So, but it was just so beautiful. I mean, we had great weather, but it was just, it's not warm. And, you know, my cousin was telling me coming back in the summer, is just like a completely different scenario. Yeah. But I just love Spain in general. I love the culture. I love the food. I am a huge fan of the food. Me too. Um, Me too. We went on our honeymoon, actually. We went to Spain. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, we flew into Madrid. We stayed there for like two days or three days. And then we went uh, to Costa del Sol. Down, nice. we, we rented a car and we drove the whole coast and we stayed in uh, uh, Porto Banus and okay. Marbella and that whole area. And it was, nice. it was spectacular, really beautiful. That's where my, our love of Spain started back then. And we've been yeah. to Barcelona, which we love Barcelona. Love Barcelona, of course. The, the architecture is just magnificent. Yeah. And Seville is just, oh, it's just so beautiful yeah. and elegant and really wonderful. I encourage anybody to go and visit Spain because there's so much and the food is wonderful wherever you go the wine oh my god so good yeah I mean even the most affordable cheapest glass of wine that you're having at a restaurant is yeah yeah it really is and the best part is that the climate is so so comfortable you know we were in Sevilla and it was um it was June and it was so warm beach weather um even when we went um up into the mountain, the mountainous area of different parts. When we were in Barcelona, it was, we were in August and we were walking around with, I had a long sleeve linen shirt and long and, and slacks, linen slacks on. And it was completely comfortable. There was no humidity yeah. whatsoever. It was yeah. beautiful. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the people are so nice too. I find Spaniards to be very welcoming, um, you know, and I just love their mindset. Yeah. You know, they, they don't work to live. They live, live to, sorry, they don't, don't live, live to work. Right. They work to, to live. live. Exactly. And I, that was just some adjusting for me. Cause when I was studying abroad there, I lived in the world of, you know, go, go, go. And if I had a break for lunch, I'd try to do, you know, run errands and things like that. And when I got to Spain, I try to take my lunch break to go to the store and buy a notebook that I needed and everything was closed. Yeah. And, I, and at first I was just very frustrated by it. I'm sure. like, don't you people want to make money yeah. <laughs> I to open? And then after a while you get used to it and you're like, yeah, like it's important to take that break in the middle of the day. Absolutely. Have- it really puts a perspective on things. You get refreshed and you can take on the evening hours and right. um, do things. And it gives everyone in the, the whole society a chance to connect midday when you're not right. so extremely tired. Like a lot of times we come home from work at the end of the day and we don't even want to talk, but in the midday you're still really hyped up. And it's nice to connect with your because everyone gets together for family or friends or whatever at lunchtime. And there's like that two or three hours in the middle of the day where you get to connect and then get refreshed and go back and spend a few more hours at work. And I think it's much more productive. 
I think so too. Mm-hmm. I think the rest of the world could learn a lot. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they live for sure. Yeah. So um, we'll switch gears a little bit and we'll, we'll answer some questions, some more questions because I got flooded with so many questions. Um, what is your favorite place? This is from Lynn Luciana. What is your favorite place to visit within the continental U.S.? I would have to say it is Florida. We go so often and I do like California quite a bit too. Anywhere where it's, it's, it's there's sunshine and there's beaches. That's, that's my go-to. How about yourself, right. Ceci? Oh, if I was still living in Miami, my answer would 150% be New York city, because to me, it is the best city in the world. Oh, However, love that. now that I live here, if I had to choose another favorite city <clears throat> to travel to, I'd have to say it, it, the state, it'd have to be California. California is such an incredible state. Um, and to me, LA, the LA region very much represents a mix of Miami and New York coming yeah. together. Yeah, it because does. You get that Miami feeling kind of, you've got the palm trees, you've got the nice warm weather, but you still have that, that energy yes. with, that New York has. But I, I love California because it's such a diverse state. You can drive North and you can be skiing in the snow. I love that. Right. Or yes. you sit down in San Diego at the Marina on a boat. Like, yes. Well, that's why I love California. It's such a diverse state. It offers so much outdoor stuff. I'm a very much outdoorsy person. I love going hiking. Give me a mountain. Let's go hike views. And so I love outdoors. And I think California is an awesome state for that. It it is. It's beautiful. And like when you go up north, the the mountains, the way they cascade into the ocean is just the, 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 the views are just spectacular. The landscape is beautiful. And the soil along, you know, the whole agriculture along that whole area is just so beautiful. And it, you know, it reminds me a lot. It does remind me a lot of Italy because of the mountains into the ocean and, you know, the the rich soil that you, that grows everything. So, so vibrantly is, is really wonderful. I love that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, And I know this is a little off topic, but I know you were training for the half marathon. Yes. Are you still training? Are you going to continue? Did they post? I know they called it off, but are they, did they give another date or what's happening? Not. So this is actually my fifth half marathon was going to be my fifth half marathon. Um, and they, you know, obviously canceled it because of the Corona virus, but um, they're not rescheduling it. They're basically just, they're giving you two options or either they're giving you a refund okay, or they can guarantee your entry into next year's race. Okay again which really makes no sense right um but the new the united new york city half is a very highly coveted marathon you can't just sign up um, do you need to be sponsored to, as well need to be sponsored mm-hmm. raise thousands and thousands of dollars right. for a charity or you enter by lottery um which is how i've gotten in the last two years i've gotten lucky and gotten in by the lottery so um yeah i haven't decided what i'm gonna do with that yet but running is so therapeutic for me i mean i love fitness in general, but running is so therapeutic, but this was like a big challenge that I set forth for myself because I've actually never run in the cold. Last time I signed up for this marathon was two years ago and I didn't prepare for it. I signed up. I thought it's March. It'll be warm. Right. And then I had no idea what was coming to me. I just showed up on race day and I thought, you know, I've run lots of half marathons before I'll be fine. And I, literally finished that race in in pain. Like I was crying. I was in pain. I, I wasn't prepared for the Hills. I didn't train. The Hills are hard. 
Yeah. So it's, it's really this year I said, all right, I'm going to do this right. And I really invested. I got myself a running coach That's and great. He was like programming my runs and, you know, invested in winter gear, which is so important. I learned that there is no bad weather for running. There is just bad gear. As right. long as you have the right equipment, you can actually work out outdoors without a problem. But, yeah. Um, yeah. For but me, yeah. I, I have a hard time with the uh, cold running in the cold myself. I'm a runner as well. I'm not really a runner, more so like uh, a jogger. You know, I I go on and off, you know, I stop and then I have to get back into it and get my my body used to it. I have to give you give you a little uh, compliment. You've inspired me to get back, lace up my shoes and get back out there. And the weather's been great up here. So I've been yeah. running a little bit myself. I started and I'm really happy that I started. Got yeah, back into it, actually, it. it wasn't a terrible winter, um, which I think really helps. But I mean, just with the right gear, covering your ears and covering your neck and, yeah. and your fingers. I mean, um, Lululemon makes really great running weather. And I gave in. I, I really didn't want to do that because I just have always felt that they're just so freaking expensive for workout yeah. clothes. You know what I mean? But so I, it came highly recommended and I gave in and I, it really just made a difference. It yeah. It made a difference in the gear. Once you, you start running, you know, your body warms up. Mm-hmm. So you actually start getting hot. And I found myself taking, taking layers. layers off. Right. Yeah. I love running when I'm away too, especially yeah. in Florida. Cause it's flat. Yeah. yeah the, the Hills kill me a little bit on my yeah. knees. So I, I prefer to run when I'm in Florida along the beach, not on the beach necessarily, but there's a walk, you know, there's yeah. a whole pathway along the beach that happens to be paved. And I like running on that myself. Yeah. It's great. Where do you stay when you go to Florida? Well, we go to Fort Lauderdale. We have a place, um, a family place on the beach okay. in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So that's where we go all the time. And I love it because it's we're like 15 minutes the most from the airport. Mm-hmm. And it's right on the beach. It's so convenient. Yeah. Um, it's it's really like home now for us since we've been going for the past, I don't know, 25 years or so. Yeah. And um, it's you really. You guys think you'll eventually move to Florida? I think we'll we'll be like snowbirds, not not full time, but we'll yeah. we'll go down as soon as the cold weather because we go every three weeks. We go right. down for at least a week or so in nice. the cold weather. And so oh. I think we'll maybe spend extended amount of time, like maybe a month or two months at a time, three months, maybe the whole winter and then right. come back here. But, you know, I, I don't foresee my kids moving down there full time. So yeah. I don't think that I'll be moving down there full time either. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about Palace Resorts and where they have different destinations, where yeah. the resorts are. So our hotels are actually um, primarily in Mexico and then we have one in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So in Mexico, we are in Cancun, Riviera Maya, Cozumel and Isla Mujeres and Playa del Carmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then recently our newest one, which is in Los Cabos. Um, and then we opened up a resort as well, Moon Palace in Jamaica, which is in Ocho Rios, um, which I personally love as well. I love Jamaica. Yeah, I haven't been to Jamaica yet. I'm dying to go. Yeah. Love Jamaican food. Yeah. Oh, really? Jamaican food. You're just going to love Jamaican food. Like their oxtail is so Oh, I love that. Good. Ah, so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jamaica. And so then now we're also building a resort in Punta Cana. So the Moon Palace Punta Cana is underway. Um, that looks to be open 20, end of 2021, 2022. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I love Punta Cana too. Yeah. That's one. someone else asked, what is one of my favorite, uh, places that I've gone, one of most memorable. And I think uh, DR has has been one of my most memorable with my kids because it was all that was one of the first all inclusives that we ever took, uh, took the family on. And it was great. We were we've done cruises, but 
for us, the all-inclusive on an, you know, at a destination was mu- mm-hmm. is much more favorable than a cruise to, you know, to me. Yeah. Um, the kids could go to the beach. They could go to the pool. There's constantly, when you have young kids, I think it's really great to have a set, like they could eat when they want to eat that you don't have to plan things out. Kids want to eat so much and there's so much variety for them. Some kids right. are very picky. There's mm-hmm. always something that, that they'll, they'll like. There's always a pizza station. There's always a paella station, wherever we go. And so um, I think it's a great option for families and it's, um, you know, uh, economically, it's a very smart choice because you're not constantly picking, you know, paying for something and, you know, dipping into your wallet and charging things because yeah. everything is is all there for you. And I love that. Yeah, and definitely. And I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up and I'm glad that, you you know, you visited our, res- our resorts so you can actually, you know, talk about the experiences. But I feel like the biggest misconception that people have about all-inclusive resorts is that the food is going to be eh, maybe mediocre at best, um, that they're going to have limited options when it comes to right. food. All they're going to eat is buffet food, um, that the food and beverage options are going to be terrible. Um, all inclusives just have a bad stigma over the past couple of years um, with regards to the quality of the food and the quality of the alcohol. Are you going to get you know cheap alcohol that's going to make you sick? You know, And so I think that what Palace Resorts has done, along with a lot of other luxury all inclusives mm-hmm. that are in those destinations, I mean, they've really just stepped up the game. Um, Absolutely. You know, the, you you can go to these resorts and you can put your wallet away, but you're not going to feel ever like you're giving up one thing for another. I mean, we have at LeBlanc um, a Lumiere, which is our French fusion restaurant. Which Beautiful. Is, we enjoyed it so much. So at LeBlanc, you have so Lumiere, right? Have Lumiere, which is um, a French fusion restaurant. Mm-hmm. They have a 10 course tasting menu with, you know, paired uh, paired wines you have um a, a high-end luxury uh, mexican restaurant where Which you're gonna fantastic for authentic mexican food um our owners are lebanese i as know well. i love that i love that because my husband's lebanese so oh, yeah the um restaurant there i can't remember what the name of the lebanese restaurant was was it meze. Meze. Uh, meze, yeah we ate there and we went to town it was yeah. so so good it was lebanese so great so good did you go yeah. for breakfast or for lunch we went for lunch. I know we went for dinner as well. We may have gone for breakfast too. I mean, it's amazing. It's so good. And Lebanese breakfast is outstanding. It's it, if you've never had Lebanese breakfast, you really have to try it. And they do it right at Meza. And yeah. it's um, it's fantastic. The food was right on par with right. authentic Lebanese food. Um, exactly. I, I have to say we checked out every single restaurant at LeBlanc and both and, and at the Grand in Cancun yep. and every, you know, like a lot of times when you go to these all inclusives, I find I have found that when you go to different ethnic restaurants, they mm-hmm. also s- sometimes have the flair of being whether it was in Punta Cana, it had a, a, a Dominican, you know, undertone to it. But right. I have to say at LeBlanc. And and at the Grand, each ethnic restaurant was traditional and it had its own personality, its own flair to, you know, keeping in in the theme of the restaurant, which the Italian restaurant was fantastic as well. Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. Italian is amazing. And yeah, I mean, I think that part of the reason why it felt so authentic, regardless of whatever the cuisine is, because when we bring on these chefs on board, um, you know, we try to keep it as 
you know, locally cultural as possible. Yes, we're in Mexico, but we brought we brought in a Lebanese chef mm-hmm. for that for that restaurant because that menu and the curating and their spices and the way that they cook Prepare their meals. Things, yes. Yeah. So um, same thing with our Japanese restaurant. You know, we made sure that we hired a Japanese chef just because we wanted to keep it as authentic as possible. And so um, I don't I'm not sure if you had a chance to check out the seafood restaurant out by the ocean. Yes, we did. Uh, The one in um, Cabo. In Cabo. That one was I have to say that one was my favorite. Yes, I love it. Oh, it was fantastic. The ceviche. It was so, so good. Um, tuna tartar with yes. the strawberry. Oh, it was the strawberries and excellent. the avocado ceviche. Oh my God, it's so good. Yes, it was really excellent. I we ate there a few times too, like because we were there for I guess five days. So we, you know, we we were able to sample a little bit from each of the restaurants, and we really loved. We really loved it so much. Yeah. Um, it, and everyone there, the staff, unbelievably yep. welcoming and kind, and they couldn't do enough for you and. The, the accommodations were spectacular. Um, the bars, again, premium liquors, uh, champagne. Every, anytime you wanted champagne, any time of the day, it was available. Um, so attentive. The music along by the pool was great. I mean, there was not every single thing was attended, attended to. And the, the spas were beautiful. Yep. We, we got a chance to have a couple's massage while we were there. They were world class, really. The, they were amazing, really yeah, fun, and the, wonderful. They, you know, LeBlanc offers butler service, which mm-hmm. is really nice amenity to have. But what I love about it is that it's not it's not too much in your face because sometimes I feel like when it, it the you know the it's uber luxury and the butler is a little overbearing and almost makes you feel a little uncomfortable it you does know? like oh my god well, why is he why is he waiting there you know that to me is a little much for me too you know you know like, oh, I, I need to order something just to give him something to do you know like it's you know but they were great and they'll get as little or as much involved as you want them to be right. you know can literally unpack your bags and pack them back up for you um load up your tub at night with the bubbles we have the aromatherapy menu i I didn't realize the butler service will even unpack and pack your bags for you that's so cool (laughs) i mean they were so sweet or as little involved as you want them to be but it's that laid-back luxury it's like if you need them they're there for you but you know you want to unpack your own bags you totally can yeah it was so sweet when the one night it was our anniversary and i guess you maybe told them or someone told them that it was our anniversary yeah. and they had this beautiful the tub was ready with with rose petals and champagne and chocolates waiting in our room after dinner it was really beautiful they t- they take good care of these little small little details and it really goes a long a long way absolutely yeah, yeah. i love it yeah. Um, and that's really important when you do go on these all inclusive, especially with your family. If you're going to something like the Grand that does um, allow children as well. Um, it's it's great that there are so many options for the kids and you do feel safe because it's you're contained in the in, in that resort and there's no one in coming in. The security is fantastic. There's no one coming in without, you know, credentials. There's no one leaving you know, there's there are people at the, at the valet checking, you know, greeting you and making sure you belong there at all times. Um, and so if you do have a family and you're going with your, a family, it, it makes vacation 
a lot more comfortable knowing that your family is safe and secure and they could roam around the resort without any danger. So that's a big, big, uh, a big help and a big comfort knowing that, that you could really vacation and let your kids roam and do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say that I don't think you, you got to experience this because you don't have small kids, but, um, the, the kids clubs that we have, for example, at moon palace and at the grand, the playroom, obviously they are always supervised, but we also have uh, offer a Nextel service where we give the parents a walkie talkie. And so, then the the playroom has the walkie talkie. Oh, I love that. So they want to drop the kids at the playroom, and the parents want to go hang out at the adults only pool. They just want to check in. They can just walkie talkie and speak with their child immediately, which is really great. That you is know? great. They thought of everything. They yeah. thought of everything. Yeah. So, yeah. what are they doing at the resorts as a form of precaution during these? You know, not just this time, but I, I did notice that they're very, very on top of cleaning, and they're, they're immaculate. First of all, and there's you know hand sanitizer everywhere. What are certain precautions that are being implemented that you can offer up that you know of during this yeah, time? So, so just in general, like Palace Resorts is very, very strict with their safety stand and, and cleansiness standards. In fact, every year they are award they are awarded with the certificate of health, which is actually very strict in Mexico. So mm -hmm. they meet all the requirements when it comes to cleansiness, hygiene, and, and just standard keeping things clean right so that's something that we're always doing and i'm not sure if you know this but um we also make our own bread we bake our make our own ice cream make our own pasta that's all done on property right. so you can only imagine the hygiene that goes into oh absolutely process for a resort that has literally thousands of people because oh, yeah. the grand has almost three thousand rooms yeah. so when you think about that, um, I, I personally have toured um, our central distribution center and it's insane. And, and the amount of precaution that they take, I mean, these guys are obviously wearing gloves. They're covering, they've got even um, the sanitary gloves covering their feet. Mm -hmm. um, if, they're, if they're handling food and they're handling um, raw meats and things like that, that we're obviously processing, sure. they're, all, they're always wearing masks. Yes. I mean, they're completely covered. And I've seen that a year ago when I was there that we right. toured with a bunch of food editors that actually wanted to understand how we feed a resort of mm -hmm. 3,000 people and actually keep the quality and in, in, in such good condition, right? And yeah. that's how. Yeah. So just in general right now, I mean, obviously um, the CDC has not, you know, stated that it's not safe to travel to Mexico or the Caribbean. So we're taking the normal precautions that we honestly oh, would always have. Sure. Yeah. We're, in, you know, reinforcing the fact that employees need to continue to wash their hands, you know, keep distances from each other. Like, sure. you know, just normal, pro normal protocol, normal protocol. We're adding some extra hand sanitizers in the lobby for when guests check in and mm -hmm. things like that. But in terms of standard, it's it's standard procedure. It's really business as usual right now at the resorts. Um, we've and, always been really big on hygiene and cleansiness. Yeah. Cleanliness. And that's why your reputation is amazing. And it's, you know, top shelf because, and you never heard anything, you know, adverse to that because right. you have put those uh, practices in place from day one. Absolutely. And so it's not something that's unusual for the, the people that work at the resort or anyone, you know, right. that's there. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to check into the resort and find your, the receptionist, you know, covered in a full no. body mask. <laughs> it is like, vacation. Like yeah. Not, yeah. not going to check you in like that. It's, you know, it's, it's business as usual, yeah. taking precautions and making sure that everything that we touch is, is, is hygienic and clean. One of my other favorite trips that I recently went on was to Israel uh -huh. and I was just completely floored 
Israel is such, I had weird, you know, expectations you know. in the beginning or you didn't know. Right. So no, I have, I have friends that are, um, have, you know, Palestinian heritage uh-huh. and we're very much, you know, you hear mixed things. And, and so, um, I was so blown away by Israel. It's such a beautiful country. The people are so, so nice. Where did you go? What part of Israel? I, I pretty much, Israel's not that big. So no. the one thing about it is that you can literally spend a week there, maybe, and cover the entire country. Right. Um, I flew into Tel Aviv nonstop uh-huh. at JFK. Tel Aviv is very much, it reminded me a lot of Miami. It gave me the Miami vibe, the mm-hmm. South Beach vibe, the beaches, you know, a lot of nightlife, incredible food. Yeah. Um, oh, the food just, is spectacular. It's, oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. And I, you know, I, it was one of those trips where you come back and you're like, I know I probably gained like 20 pounds from this trip because all I did was eat. And but you I, didn't. Nothing. I know. Food on that side of the pond is just minimally processed. Even though they eat a lot, their food is very vegetable and protein. And all very fresh. Yeah. Very fresh. A lot of grilled. Yeah. Yeah. So my husband, like, you know, is Lebanese, but his father was born in not Tel Aviv, in Jaffa, old Jaffa. So, Mm -hmm. which is right near uh, Tel Aviv. It it is Tel Aviv now. Yeah. So, um, so. Yeah, the food is just fantastic. I can't wait to visit myself. We've been to Lebanon several times. We try to go every year to visit his family. And so it's the same type of food and it's fantastic. And the climate is so great. And the people are so... They're so nice. So nice and welcoming and happy to share their customs and make you understand why they, you know, do certain things. And it's very interesting. And the history is unbelievable. And it's a very spiritual very spiritual land to be, to visit. Did you get a chance to re, um, visit religious uh, sites? Yeah. Sites, Yes. Religious <laughs> sites. Yeah, I did. I did. And I actually started my trip in Tel Aviv and it was like, you know, I was a little jet lagged. And the first thing I like to do if I have time is try to get a kind of workout in just because it helps reset my body. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's another thing. I, I ran a lot in Tel Aviv along the beach. Mm-hmm. Same thing a boardwalk and it was just a really great way to explore the city on my own I never felt unsafe um it was really really nice very refreshing a lot of other people a lot of young people in Tel Aviv a lot of young people Uh, running the same thing yeah um so I did but I did visit I went to Jerusalem I visited the western wall um I swam in the Jordan River which is so nice supposedly where Jesus was baptized baptized yeah Uh, yeah. So it was, it was very much a spiritual trip, very much eye opening. It was really, you know, I grew up, I was born and raised a Catholic. So mm-hmm. it was really good to kind of understand all these things that I've learned over the years mm-hmm. and with regards to the religion. Um, and it was, it, it's, it's still very, very, um, it's still a very heavy religious country, especially yes. in those areas. People are super respectful. Um, when I vin- visited the Western wall, you know, you have to cover up right. um, your shoulders, not mm-hmm. wear anything short um when you walk away from the wall you're not supposed to give it give your back back, right you're supposed to walk backwards yeah so um did that and then my favorite part honestly was the dead sea um there's a lot of really great wellness offerings that israel for and um starting with you know the dead sea and it was incredible you really do float oh yeah the salt benefits for your body are incredible I yeah. came back with so many products in my yeah. suitcase. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah but I love, fantastic. I love, love, love Israel. I mean, yeah. I would definitely go back. The thing that I love about that area of the world is that you, it, it's so old and there's so much history, but then you see on the next street or right across the street, 
is this modern structure. And so the modern day world is mixed with this old world and how it they coexist and with the different religions, how they really do coexist a lot more than here in the U.S. we really think the perception is. Um, and the food is, is so fantastic where they they mix the old world style of cooking and they bring something modern and fresh to it. And and especially the young generation, they're just so full of life and so full of idea that the whole energy in that part of the world is so special in that they enjoy every day as if it is their last. You know, maybe it's because of the turmoil that has been there for so many years, or maybe it's just the spirituality in the in the region. I don't know what it is, but they all live as if today is the last day when they party, they party good. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. It's a fun place to visit. It's a fun, a fun place to be and, and uh, experience. And my and so I, I guess I'm going to close up by asking for first of all, I want to just say one of my favorite things to do while I'm on vacation, especially in, in a different country, is walk walk everywhere yes. right and just get lost in the neighborhood and and in keeping always keeping your 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 safeguards in mind you know not to go somewhere where it feels sketchy if it's sketchy if it feels right. sketchy you shouldn't be there um yeah. but um just walking and exploring instead of taking a cab maybe if it's a few blocks away or you know half a mile away maybe you know a good idea would be to walk that's where i found some of the most interesting and educational and just fulfilling experiences in my travels. How about you? Would you agree, Ceci? Definitely. And, you know, I went to Cartagena about two years ago with some, uh, uh, it was a girl's trip and we went, um, there was about eight of us. And, you know, I, again, I like to run wherever I am and I just woke up and before anyone else did. And I went running on the streets of Cartagena. We stayed in the walled city. So it was just such a beautiful way to explore that city early in the morning when nobody was really awake yet. Right. And I came back from that run with all these pictures and I was showing the girls and they're like, what? how did you see that? <laughs> it's like, you, you just get a different perspective yes. when you go out on your own and you're like, you just explore and you just walk and go with the flow and discover little things right. that, that's kind of my itinerary, my yeah. preferred itinerary. Me too. Me too. If you could bike ride, that's great too. But right. really it's it's being taking it slow and just, you know, making a, a a point of walking and seeing things by foot or seeing things if you do ride your bike, you see a lot more than you do when you're being carted around in a car. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So I like to close out my my um, guests with asking them what their illy is. So what what is your favorite thing to eat? What do you love? Uh, where would you want to live? We, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, what do you love to do? And what is one of your favorite indulgences? So my favorite thing to eat has always been and will always be ice cream. That has always been my yeah. weakness. I am a sweet tooth. I am that girl yeah. will, that will order a salad and then order dessert. Just Me too. I'm, the, uh, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I have your sweet tooth. So ice cream is definitely my favorite food um, and my my indulgence, I would say, because At the I can't. time, yeah. <laughs> Um, other than that, I love sushi. I, I can literally eat sushi every day and not get tired of it. Um, right. Love sushi. Um, and then my favorite thing to do is 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 to travel. And, you know, um, as I've gotten older, 
you know, obviously spending time with my family has, has, has gotten to be even more important. Mm -hmm. Um, I lost my grandfather about five years ago and it was very, very hard for me because I was so, so close to him. Um, and so I still have my grandmother, thank God. And it's been so nice to hear her stories and understanding, getting that knowledge and hearing those experiences and just hearing things firsthand from these people that I love so much before longer here has been really, really nice That's for so me nice. at this moment in my life. Yeah. Do you, um, my, what my kids do a lot of times is when, when they're sitting with my mother, they will video and, or they'll record their conversations yes. just so they could hear them over and over and over yes. again. And yes. I think that's, it's priceless really is. Yeah. They save them. Then they, they go back to them whenever they're feeling they, they miss them and they get a chance to be with them, you know, until the next time, you know, it's really, it's fantastic. It's a great tool. Yeah. I know? do the same thing too. When I go down to Miami and I visit my grandmother and she's just funny. She's like an old, no filter Cuban Love woman. Yeah. And she'll be like, and she'll just say the funniest thing. So I have tons of those videos, tons of them. That's great. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. So Thank you so much, Ceci, for joining me today. And I'm so thrilled that you got a chance. We got a chance to answer some questions during this crazy time with the coronavirus and travel and, you know, talk about the happy parts of travel. And um, for me, travel is the one thing that you spend money on, which I read this before, the one thing that you spend money on and you are forever richer for it. So, yeah. I, I stand by that. And, you know, that's the one thing I, I, I will live by forever until I'm alive is yeah. you know, experiences over material things. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I, I will keep traveling until my little legs can't travel anymore. Um, yeah. But there's just so much to see out there and travel teaches you so much about yourself it's and a- about the world around you. It just makes you a better human being. It really does. It really does. It's yeah. one of the best educations is travel. Thanks again, and I'm so thrilled that you were able to join me. Thank you for having me. Happy travels, my friend. Thank you. Stay you safe too. and healthy. You're welcome. Okay. I will. Bye-bye. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me this week, and I hope that we answered some of your questions, addressed some of your questions, and um, stay healthy, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.